Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Is the hope for the church universal found in Africa? I'm going to take two takes on this, and I'm going to say yes and no, maybe three takes, and maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm sitting on a fence here, but I want to tease out these thoughts because I think they are important for us to consider. So if you don't know, because you've been living under a rock, congratulations, it's probably better to live under a rock than know what's going on in the world, is what it is. But the Vatican, uh, Cardinal Fernandez, the head of the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, put out that document, Fiducia Supplicans, which basically says A-OK for the blessings of same-sex couples. There have been many videos done about that. I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of that video here. I recommend checking out Taylor Marshall's video that was put out, I think, the day of. Also, Brian Holdsworth did a very good video uh, on it as well. Uh, Taylor and Brian have two different approaches. Not as much as people would think, um, but Brian... Uh, you know, I think he's got the type type of temperament where he's willing to go to the ends of the earth to give somebody the benefit of the doubt in places that I wouldn't go. Um, in any case, uh, his, his video was fascinating because he did show clearly, even though he was trying to give the most possible benefit of the doubt that is possible, he showed that the document was really problematic. Taylor did the same thing. Uh, Eric Sammons wrote an amazing article at Crisis about the philosophical errors of this document. My plan here is not to go into the ins and outs of the document itself. That's been done many times. Check out Eric's work, check out Brian's work, uh, check out Taylor's work. I think that's all you need to look at. In any case, what has happened has been fascinating. There has been a strong rejection of this with very unequivocal terms um, from the bishops of Africa, from virtually every country in Africa that has a strong Catholic presence, and they're growing day by day. I just read something this morning from uh, one of the bishops in Kenya, where he went as far as saying, and you can check out a post by Diane Montagna on Twitter, X, I guess it's called, it's hard for me to say X. You can check out um, his statements there. She did a summary of it. And this bishop is echoing the statements of many other of these bishops. And he basically said the, that the priests in my diocese are prohibited from following this document. And he said that in no way can the Pope, can the, can the Vatican, can the hierarchy even expect there to be an imposition of this on the faithful? And this is common amongst Africa. Uh, Bishop Martin, I can't remember his last name. It's a very difficult to pronounce last name in uh, the African language of Malawi. So I, I don't want to venture pronouncing it and make a mistake. You can find his sermon online. Um, I think the fella, um, our Irish friend, at the channel De Crevy, Determined to be Catholic, Robert Nugent, he put out a version of that sermon. He posted a version. You can go listen to that. It's very good. What's fascinating, though, is we're seeing this wholesale rejection on behalf of the bishops in Africa to the plan of Pope Francis. So this has a lot of people asking, is the future of the church in Africa? As I said, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say maybe. So let's look at Let's do the bad news first. Let's say no. Well, is the faith in Africa, and I've never been to Africa, so I'm only going off of talking to friends who live in Africa, correspond with people in Nigeria and things like that, correspond with priests who are in the SSPX who do a lot of mission work in Africa. Is the hope of the church in Africa? I'm gonna, first, I'm going to say no, but it's a very cautious no, and I promise I'm going to give you my reasons why I think that it is there, and why we maybe have hope for it to be there after I give the bad news. So please stay with me. I'm not being a negative Nancy here. I'm trying to give sort of the round, the, the three-dimensional take on this rather than just giving you something simplistic 
I want to give you something that you can actually think about because we are talking about the Catholic Church here. We are talking about the Bride of Christ. We are talking about the Church Universal. So we want to make sure that we're really assessing these things beyond just the headlines. So why would I say no? Well, you can look up the statistics. Um, I've done a video before somewhere on my channel like a year and a half ago, very short one, where, where I showed at least in the country of Congo, for example, in the country of Congo, which is historically a very Catholic country given its French background, um, Catholicism was the majority Christian religion, and it really did eclipse Protestantism. But since the Second Vatican Council, there has been um, an uptick in Protestantism to the point where in that country, the statistics are that the Protestant church now accounts for more members as part of the country. You know, it's something like 35% or 30 something like that of people that are Christian, of people there are Protestants and something like 29 or 31% are Catholics, where it used to be something, again, I'm just spitballing here. If you want to find that video I did a year and a half, go, go for it. I'm just going off memory. It used to be that the numbers were, you know, 50, 60% of the people were Catholic and it's sort of gone down. Well, here's the thing. Africa is a very interesting place uh, because uh, there is a heavy persecution of Christians in general by Muslim terrorists, especially in places like Nigeria. So um, virtually nobody is an atheist in Africa. Nobody is silly enough in Africa. Nobody is westernized enough in Africa to be an atheist, generally speaking. Um, so there is a heavy persecution of the faith, which means that Christian sentiment is extremely strong in countries with a Christian presence. Um, however, since the Second Vatican Council, we have to admit to ourselves that there has been a massive imbibing of a Protestant religious spirit into the Catholic Church. This has been talked about many times by myself and others in other places, um, especially with the Novus Ordo Liturgy, which does imbibe a Protestant representation of liturgical belief. And we know from the Church's wisdom that the way of prayer is the way of belief. The Lex Orandi is the Lex Credendi. The law of how we pray, how we pray, will change how we believe. So there has been a massive uptick in Protestantism in Africa. So when people say things like, you know, the Novus Ordo has been amazing in Africa, I would say no, because the... Uh, the Catholic faith in Africa was exploding already before the Second Vatican Council, uh, largely because of the efforts of men like Archbishop Lefebvre, who I do think one day um, Archbishop Lefebvre will be vindicated for his African heroism and holiness. Um, and I think I think we, I would I would be cautious to say that I think the bishops of Africa will start acknowledging that. Anyway, that's another that's another part of this talk I want to give in a bit. Um, but in any case, on the one hand. Christianity in general as a sociological, uh, you know, philosophical foundation for religious belief in Africa, Christianity is really strong. And because of the persecution, this breeds a stronger devotion to your deeply held beliefs. Whenever you're persecuted for something, you know, you either have the option to relent and apostatize or you double down. And just recently over Christmas, very sad in the country of Nigeria. There were many terrorist attacks, and I think like 150 Catholics were killed or something. Just absolutely awful. That stuff happens all the time. So the faith of Africans who have the faith is very, very strong. However, the Protestants have made massive inroads in Africa, similarly to 
to the way they've made massive inroads in Latin America. You look at places like Brazil, these sort of Pentecostal Protestant churches are exploding where Catholic mass attendance is at an all-time low. Um, the difference in, in, in why is the Catholic faith dying so fast in places like Latin America and it's not dying in Africa? <clears throat> well, in Latin America, there is no violent persecution of Christians. So the Catholics who are sort of lukewarm about their faith, they tend to go to Protestantism or they tend to just leave the faith altogether. Whereas in Africa, even though there is a similar thing going on with the rise of Protestantism, um, because there's persecution, those who hold the Catholic faith are still emboldened to do it stronger, which is a different sociological context. Nonetheless, for people to say that the future of the church is in Africa, again, I'm taking my negative take first here. I'll do my positive take after. I think that's not necessarily true because as long as the Protestant heresy keeps growing in Africa, we don't have any reason to believe it's not going to stop growing. We don't have any reason to believe that it's going to slow down. And although these statements from the bishops have been very strong, again, go read Bishop uh, or go listen to Bishop Martin's sermon. Yes, very strong. However, um, the bishops are acutely aware of the inroads that Protestants are taking in Africa. And if I was an African Christian right now, and I'm in this milieu where I'm seeing many of my friends and family go to these Protestant churches, and then Pope Francis comes out and does this ridiculous thing through Cardinal Fernandez, I think this will actually push more Catholics away from the Catholic Church in Africa. Because if you're a Protestant pastor in Africa, and you're an opportunist, and you're trying to get some converts, well, if you've already had success, which they are having success, now you can just come out and say, look, your Pope is basically, your Pope's a heretic. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's not only doing something that is in stark contradiction and contrast to the scriptural truth that all Christians at least uh, profess to believe, he's also someone who is completely tone deaf to your African culture. That's a very strong argument for the Protestants. So is Africa the, the, the future of the church? On the one hand, well, we'll talk about why I think it is, but on the other hand, no, because if there has been an exodus from the Catholic Church to Protestantism, I can only see it at this point speeding up. Okay, that's my negative take. And I don't really hold to that dogmatically. I just wanted to put that out there. Here's my positive take. Here's why I think it's, I think you can cautiously, cautiously say yes. And here's why. Well, as I said, Catholics have been leaving the church quickly uh, in Africa to go to the Protestant churches. And of course, that has been for the reasons people leave the Catholic Church, because the bishops have been kind of, uh, you know, not very strong on things. You know, all the problems that are in the church are everywhere. Um, I was speaking to a priest who went to seminary with an, an, a Nigerian who was in an SSPX seminary. He didn't end up going to the priesthood, but he had you know, been a Catholic in, in Nigeria for years. He was in the seminary for a few years. And he said that there are, in his native Nigeria, there are massive problems in some of the seminaries and some of the dioceses, you know, stuff of the homosexual nature and things like that. Africa is not untouched by that scourge. It's everywhere. Uh, it's obviously much more strongly condemned in Africa. But nonetheless, 
it's not untouched by it. And the Novus Ordo paradigm in Africa is seeing some of these problems. Because you got to understand something. The devil is behind all of this. And he's not going to say, oh, too bad, I can't, uh, I can't touch Africa. The devil is more intelligent than you or I. And he can inspire people. He can lead people. He can you know, distract people, whatever. He can encourage people to do bad things in all places. There's no reason why Africans are any different than Canadians or Americans or Italians. They are human beings made in the image and likeness of God. They have original sin. Uh, they are susceptible to arguments and philosophies and heresies. This is possible there. Um, so as I said, one of the reasons people have been leaving the church in Africa going Protestant is because of the problems in the church. Well, here's the thing. When you're a Catholic, when you're a Catholic and you believe your faith, you're a wounded human being and you need a spiritual father. And I think why I'm going to say we can cautiously say yes that the future of the church is in Africa is because this has inspired Catholic bishops in Africa to say enough is enough. Pope Francis is off his rocker and in no way will we bastardize the faith in this way in our country. That's a very strong psychological um, encouragement for people. Because if you're somebody who's on the fence about Catholicism, you've got these strong Protestant pastors, you've got these strong evangelists who are making these mega churches, and it's exploding in Africa, as I said. You've been waiting for this moment. You've been waiting for your bishops to say enough is enough. And ultimately, this is why God allows these things to happen. God allows these things to happen because he allows the enemies to do what they'll do so that the heroes can be heroes. And men and women of faith are so open, so keen on following heroes. So I think why we can cautiously say yes is because this thing coming out of Rome has been so egregious that I think it's finally encouraged the bishops and some cardinals, by the way, made by Pope Francis, ironically, it's encouraged bishops and cardinals in Africa to stand up and say, like St. Paul, your holiness, I resist you to your face. And I think that is extremely inspiring. So as bad as this is, I think the response of the bishops actually gives us a lot more hope about Africa. And I think this will stop Catholics leaving from leaving the church in droves and going to Protestantism. And I think this is extremely important for the future of the church in Africa. And there was one thing that Bishop Martin said, uh, that bishop from Malawi, his sermon again is online, check it out. One thing that he said that was so fascinating, he said, you know, we are, he didn't mean this in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a condescending sense. He said, my faithful are simple people, simple in a good way. They know their catechism. They pray their rosary. They believe their Catholic faith. They don't have to be theologians. They don't have to be, you know, these highfalutin charlatans, these sophists. They don't have to be like this to understand. And they know with their simple faith that what is coming out of Rome is simply wrong. And this is where the restoration of the church is going to come. The restoration of the church is not going to come from the theologians. Goodness gracious, 
we have more theologians than we can shake a stick at. We probably have more theologians, at least self-appointed, uh, in the church today than we've ever had in history. Studying theology is not the problem. Living the faith and understanding the faith through the grace of the sacraments, that is the way that the church will be restored. You know, there's that famous Fulton Sheen quote, which is misused by people, I think, where he said the restoration of the church, it'll be the time of the laity, it'll be the lady. It doesn't mean like democracy. It doesn't mean protesting. What it means is those of us who just want to be simple Christians, C.S. Lewis said mere Christians, those of us who want to be simple Christians and just know our catechism, pray the rosary, go to mass, raise our kids, go to confession, it will be through that witness that the church will experience a type of restoration. And if we look historically at what has happened in the church um, during times of crisis, we see that during the time of the Arian crisis, the theologians, the, you know, the, let's call them canon lawyers. I don't know if that term was used, but that type of thing, the intellectuals, the sophists, they were all in for the very ambiguous, murky heresy of Arianism. You know, now when we look back at the Arian crisis, we look at it very black and white. We say to ourselves, you know, well, it was clear there was one group saying Jesus is not God and one group saying he was, very clear. It was much more complicated than that. It was deep, convoluted, ambiguous philosophical language, which could fool a lot of people, and it did. There were very few bishops who stood up. There was St. Athanasius, St. Eusebius of Samosote, very few of them. But what happened was, is that the laity, who didn't get into the politics, they didn't get into the stupid theological disputes, and they just said, I'm a Catholic, I know my Catholic faith, it's there and it's not there. And I think that's something we're seeing in the African Catholic population. And I hope, and I'm cautiously optimistic that yes, this will spark some sort of resurgence of the faith in Africa. Because again, as strong as Catholicism is in Africa, especially compared to North America, Europe, and so forth, there has been a massive um, uptick in Protestantism, which is very bad. So I'm going to say cautiously, yes, I do believe that the hope of the church can be found in Africa. But please, I would like to qualify that with the negative parts that I said at the beginning, which have to be taken into account. So here is an opportunity for the bishops of Africa. If I, if, I mean, if any bishops are watching this, thank you so much. And I do know that lots of bishops do watch my show, whether they like it or not. For those of you who are bishops in Africa, thank you from the bottom of my heart for speaking the truth. But don't stop there. What you're realizing in this document from, from Cardinal Fernandez and Pope Francis, this document is the personification, the incarnation of the modernist theological and philosophical heresy. And you need to now start asking more and more questions about how long this has been happening. Because what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get to the root of the problem, which goes back decades and decades, maybe even centuries philosophically, to the point where we can get here. And here is an opportunity to form your faithful in sound, simple, orthodox Catholic faith. That is the surest protection against modernism. That is the surest protection. Teach them their faith. Catechize them. Use this up as an opportunity to explain what the faith has always been, 
what tradition has always taught. And also, consider, and this is a message to the bishops of Africa and the priests if they're watching, consider the liturgy and go back to the traditions, go back to the Catholic faith that the saintly Archbishop Lefebvre tirelessly spread throughout your countries. Go back to the martyrs of Uganda. You know, St. Charles Luanga and the other martyrs of Uganda. They didn't die for the Novus Ordo. They died for the Catholic faith that had been imbibed in them by the traditional catechisms and by the traditional Latin rite liturgy. Go back to the traditions of your ancestors and explain the Catholic faith to your parishioners, to your flock, as it's always been explained. And this, if you go into the past, if you go back, you're going to find the remedy for your situation. C.S. Lewis, I'm going to use one of his quotes here and paraphrase, but he says, you know, if you're going in the wrong direction, the progressive thing is not to go continually knowing not where you go. The progressive thing to do is to turn around and go back to where you started and go from there. And this is what the African continent of Catholics need to do right now. You need to say to yourself, okay, our people have the faith in their hearts, but they've been leaving the church in droves to go to Protestantism. Now we're seeing the logical conclusion of that modernist liberal Protestant spirit coming out of Rome. And you're finally standing up and saying, enough is enough. Peter, I resist you to your face. Use that energy. Use that motivation. Use that inspiration and go further. Because if you just, this can't just be, we reject this, but everything from John Paul II, everything from Pope Francis before this, every, you know, it can't be like that where everything's going to be fine because the problems have been festering for a long time. Pope Francis is the incarnation. He's the personification of modernism. You know, if Pope Paul VI was the tormented modernist, if John Paul II was the messianic modernist, if, John, if Pope Benedict was the theo, theologian modernist, Pope Francis is the personification, the incarnation of modernism. And you've got to go back further than just Pope Francis. So I want to say thank you again. Sorry if you hear any of the noises from my kids above me right now. Thank you for your courage. But don't say to yourself, well, I've resisted Peter right now, and that's enough. You've got to go further. You've got to be prepared to be like St. Athanasius and say, they have the buildings, but we have the faith. You've got to be prepared to take your flock into the desert and be strong because it is by the blood of the martyrs that is the seed of the church. And Africa is full of those martyrs. Use that for the restoration of the church. So is the heart of the, is the future of the church in Africa? Well, historically it has been declining, even though it's increasing relative to the West. But this moment is an opportunity for the bishops of Africa to continue to inspire their people. And I'm going to cautiously say that the future of the church can be found in Africa, but it's going to take some work. It can't keep going with the Novus Ordo because that's why people have been leaving. The reason people have been going to Protestantism is because they're finding, you know, I always say uh, the Protestants do Protestantism better than the Novus Ordo. So if you're finding Protestantism in the Novus Ordo, why don't you just go full Protestant? Okay, so you've got to go further than just resisting this. You've got to say, what is the root of the problem? We're going to find that. Okay, I was going to say may, no and yes and maybe. I'm going to scratch the maybe because I think that there's no point in sitting on the fence like that. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as always, let me know what you think in the comments. This has been the Kennedy Report. Until next time, God bless.